Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. Today on our Unborn Movement podcast, I'm so excited to have my good friend, co-worker in God's kingdom, Denise Mountainay. Welcome, Denise. Thank you, Ruth. Great to be here and see you again, live and in person, almost. It's it's so wonderful. You know, our paths have crossed very little over the years, and yet we have such common love for God's word, for God's kingdom purposes, and particularly for the unborn baby in its mother's womb. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. So today on our podcast, I want you to share with us a little bit, first of all, about your Together for Life organization. How did that come about? And uh, tell us a little bit about where you are in that journey right now. Well, basically, um, many years ago, I I founded Canada Silent No More, and uh, I have the websites canadasilentnomore.net, and, um, you know, we had a board of directors, and uh, we were all post-abortive women wanting to help other post-abortive women get healing and recovery, as well as, you know, warn single and young women about the dangers of legal abortion and how it hurt us and took the lives of our children. And then basically over the years, uh, I I transformed it into uh, Together for Life Ministries. Sounds a little more positive than Canada Silent No More. And and I just felt that uh, it was time for a shift because uh, of the work that I was doing and, you know, writing my books and, and uh, working and getting a documentary uh, uh, published and uh, just the, w- the way God was calling me and to try and get other people together for life, you know, that we could work more together and as well as uh, just getting all, all the truth out there about the damage of legal abortion on women's mental and reproductive health and spiritually how it's destroying women and nations. Because one thing God showed me is whenever a man, a woman, a doctor or a nation comes into an agreement with abortion and legalizing abortion or being involved in abortion, we are actually coming into an agreement with a spirit of death and murder. And so, you know, this is huge and prevalent in our generation. And so we need to take a stand. 
Wow, that is such a wonderful calling to uh, to bring us together, and uh, and that's what brought you and I together uh, through Margaret Gibb, longtime mutual friend, years ago. And for those of you who are listening or watching, Denise's story is in our book, Unborn, Untold. True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. And uh, her story is very, very powerful. Many women comment on that story. Today, we wanted to take a little bit of a different turn because I want you to know more about Denise and her work. And uh, Denise, you can speak to the issue of abortion because when you had your first abortion as a young woman, You did not have a sheet of side effects that would affect you for the rest of your life given to you by the doctor that took your first baby. Am I correct? Definitely. I was 16 years old, pregnant the first time. Uh, I was actually pressured by my mother to have that first abortion at 16. She said, I'm too young, you know, and I was planning on having that first child and I was never given any information about what an abortion really is, what it was doing to my baby. I was never informed for the second or third abortion either. And so that's one of the key things God has called me to do is to expose uh, the humanity of the child before birth, as well as expose the many, many physical and psychological complications and adverse reactions from legal abortion in the aftermath. It is just absolutely tragic. And the ripple effect goes out to so many places. And Denise, I think when we were talking at one point that we determined that your second abortion was in the hospital where my mother actually had the responsibility of carrying out those babies. It was actually my first abortion. Your first abortion. In York County, yes. York County. And, you know, My mother was the only breadwinner. My father had to retire at 45 because of mental health. She was the only breadwinner. And she was faced with a horrible dilemma. She loved those babies. And she had to carry out a garbage bag of them at the end of the day. So even those people that are in the the professional um, end of it, they have no say in what happens to that bag of babies. And uh, and I just remember, and I've shared this, the heartache that she went through. And I can remember that sense of just overwhelming grief that almost immobilized her on Wednesday afternoons. Mm. And um, the ripple effect. And, and, you know, someone said when she died young, she died of a broken heart. And I've said before, that would have been one of the things that would have broken her heart. To see, you know, this, this, these babies that she loved so much. But I also said to you, Denise, I know my mom would have prayed for you. She would have prayed for every woman that went through that abortion clinic. And um, you share so well in your story how God redeemed your children to you. Could you just briefly tell that somehow I feel, even though we've heard it before, uh, it's appropriate right now. Just share how God redeemed those children to you. Well, I was a baby Christian, uh, you know, 34 years ago and around 33 years ago or so. um, I was in my little Toronto apartment. It was before I met my husband or anything. I'd surrendered my life to Jesus. I quit smoking, drinking drugs, you know, just 
totally born again spiritually. And uh, one night in my little apartment, I heard a voice saying, Jesus is coming in with your three children. And I had repented of the abortions. I had grieved the loss. I mean, you know, I was just crying out to God, what do you want me to do? You know, these sort of things. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm thinking he's going to come in with like three little fetuses in his hands. And he walked through the wall with his arms out like this, Jesus. And in front of him were my three children as old as they would have been at that time. And I just knew their names. Jennifer was the oldest. She would have been, you know, probably around 16 at that time. Then Daniel would have been, you know, five or six. And Rebecca would have been four or five years old. They were gorgeous, beautiful looking children. Jennifer, the eldest, she looked so much like me, but slimmer. She had beautiful long hair. And anybody would say, oh, my gosh, that's your daughter. And I was just bawling. I was just crying. And all what I could say is, Jennifer, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And she said, I forgive you, Mom. And then Daniel, please forgive me. And he says, I forgive you, Mom. And little Rebecca, please forgive me. And she says, I forgive you, Mommy. Don't cry. We're with Jesus. And I was wiping the tears and they disappeared. And it was ever since then, I knew that I knew that I knew that my children were with the Lord in heaven, that I was forgiven, that God would forgive a wretch like I was, you know, because ignorantly I had three abortions, pressured, ignorant of the truth of fetal development, ignorant of how this was going to affect me the rest of my life. And yet God, through his mercy and grace, forgives, forgives us. And, um, and then I knew that I knew that he was calling me to be bold and courageous. And he gave me supernatural courage to go public and tell everyone that I had three abortions. And I'm thinking, Lord, how am I ever going to get a husband? You want me to go public? Tell everyone I was raped at 13. I had three abortions. Who's going to want to marry me? And yet, you know, I wanted to be faithful to what God had called me to do. And it turns out I shared my testimony in a church I was invited to, Covenant Christian Church in Toronto. And it turns out the guy who was going to be my husband now for 30, 30 years now was, a, was in that church. And he heard my whole testimony. And then, you know. <laughs> like only God could do that. Exactly. So you got all the details out there. You didn't have to spend the next few years getting all your story out. Exactly. But I had the, I had the attitude of, I don't care what people think of me. I care what God thinks. Wow. And wow. He, he had called me out of darkness, like he calls all of us, out of darkness and into his light. And he has a purpose and a plan. And um, Ephesians 5 and 11 says, I've nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose it. And I knew God was wanting me to expose the greatest crime against humanity ever in history is the legalization of abortion. Yes. Denise, you have so well described that beautiful picture of these aborted babies being with Jesus and know that that's true. But that does not minimize the horror that it is because they are safe now. 
but the moms and the dads and the grandmas and the siblings are not. And so that's why you've given your life now to telling the truth. And it's the truth of Jesus and his love and forgiveness that sets people free. And so I'm so thankful that you are willing to share that. And I just love how God (laughs) brought your husband to you. And then you were able to have another child. Yes. And, you know, that is so amazing. Here's a picture of him, you know, when he was little. Oh, and oops, sorry. And uh, gorgeous, gorgeous, such a blessing. I mean, we want, but we did want to have more children. He's 29 now. We got married in March. We got pregnant in April. And he's 29 now. And it's the greatest joy on earth, the love you can't explain when you have your own children. But Ruth, so many of my friends could never have children I know. after their so-called safe and legal abortion. Yes. There's nothing safe about an induced abortion. They're going through the cervix. They're going, you know, they're going... Um, through very invasive territory and causing lots of damage. Uh, There's so many studies, so much evidence now proving how unsafe legal abortion is. And we, we have thousands and thousands of women who suffer in silence, never told anyone, but they are broken. They are damaged. Many can never have children. There's now not two or three studies. There are now over 60 published studies linking breast cancer to induced abortion. And women are not being informed by the breast cancer societies because they have a little conflict of interest. The first study was done in 1957, the year I was born. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) But I have had two lumps removed from my left breast Thank God, you know, uh, it was a big cancer scare, but thank God I'm okay and praying always for healing and and the healing that we have in Christ. But women are not being informed. And so we have to shout it out that 60 published studies link breast cancer to induced abortion, but the cancer societies rake in millions of dollars every year to find a cure. But one ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure. And uh, the first study, yeah, and then 60 studies since China did a huge meta-analysis a few years ago, and they found that one abortion increases the risk of breast cancer by 44%, Ruth. That's, you know, that's outrageous that this is not on every talk show. Well, exactly. You know, but it's politically incorrect to say anything negative about the A word while women are dying, you know. Exactly. And, and the other, another part of this is that, you know, we've come through a few, quite a few months now of uh, global pandemic and the leading cause of death is still abortion. And yeah. the year 2020 that, um, that, that the virus was, was all talked about. People were not aware that every day in Canada, 300 babies were still being aborted, considered an essential service. And, and in the States, roughly between 2,500 to 3,000, depending on the day, were being aborted. And the statistic that came out in 2020, the coronavirus kept, took the lives of less than 2 million people worldwide at the same point 
42 plus million, 42 plus million, 42 plus million. Did you hear that? Wow. 42 million as compared to 2 million. And we never heard a word about it. I know. The thing is, babies' lives matter. They do matter. They should matter. But, you know, it's about population control. And that's where it took me right into the United Nations. Yes. Where where God has been sending me into the UN in Geneva, Switzerland, into the World Health Organization and the United Nations headquarters the last eight years and into the United Nations headquarters in New York City for the last 14 years where God had me bringing teams of mainly women who were post-abortive. Um, and the last few years, I mean, I mean, I, I've been meeting with UN ambassadors and delegates for years now, sharing the message on the damage of legal abortion, that it's a human rights violation, that it's, it's horrific on women's mental and reproductive health, as well as killing children before birth. And God made a way for me to have uh, organized, I actually organized and hosted several side events inside the United Nations in New York City during the Commission on the Status of Women. And uh, I would bring in obstetrician, gynecologists, uh, medical researchers, and then I would have anywhere from three to seven women, including myself, testify on how legal abortion affected us, causing cervical damage, uterine damage, infertility, um, and breast cancer, and all these different complications. So, I mean, there I found a huge push at the United Nations and in the World Health Organization pushing population control. That is their end game. The United Nations roots started off very good after World War II. Never again are we going to have a Holocaust where they had the systematic killing of unwanted Jews, right? And the Nuremberg trials proved no medical experiment should ever be done. People need informed consent and it should never be coerced or, or forced for anyone to have any kind of medical treatment without their full consent and knowledge and informed consent. Yet here we have, ever since the last, what, 50 years, we have had the systematic killing of unwanted children. It's the same ideology as Nazi ideology of kill the unwanted Jews, and today it's kill the unwanted children. God help us get this revelation and be a voice for the voiceless, Proverbs 31 eight says that we're to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and the, and the lives of the needy. I'm so so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad Denise that you've gone there to the UN and for those that are listening, this is a call and this needs a lot of prayer. This, this woman has been willing to put her life and her finances on the line. And, um, and we so support her in our prayers and in our under, well, in our, the best way we can through prayers. But this is something that needs to go on as long as we are on this earth that God allows us. We need to continue to impact that part of our society. I was privileged this year to sit in on some of the sessions on the virtual conference that uh, Denise organized under the uh, 
the bigger organization. And it opened my eyes. And I really think that most people have no idea how the United Nations functions under that part, the Commission for the Status of Women. It's absolutely quite astounding. So Denise, would you just share a little bit about your personal experience in our last few minutes together of being in that environment and specifically to this year where it was totally online? Well, with the with the uh, virtual meetings at the Commission on the Status of Women this year, um, you know, we were able to go into several meetings and, you know, you had your comment column on the right side. And so I would be making co- comments in regards connecting it to whatever the, the side event was or whatever the, the parallel event was and talk about how legal abortion hurt me, hurts women, kill my children. And guess what? They just, they would just cancel us out. They just took us right out of there because they did not want to hear this side of the story because their agenda was all about getting uh, legal abortion into all the countries in the world because they want to eliminate and they're targeting South and Central America and Africa right now because you have a lot of Christians who are bold and courageous taking a stand against that narrative of abortion as uh, on demand as birth control. And so uh, they've been taking a stand against it. And I've been able to talk to uh, countries where it's already legal and giving them evidence. I gave evidence. I spoke to the ambassador to Hungary, many different countries. And, um, and so this is where uh, the enemy, you know, Satan, his cohorts, uh, children of the devil as in first John, whatever way you want to put it, are working hard to depopulate the earth, and that is their end game. And whether it's through nanotechnology, uh, experimental vaccines, or legalized abortion, they want to eliminate many, many people. With You know, you've talked about the spirit of death, that it's, it's worldwide. And when you stop and think about God is the one that knits together in the womb, it's not man. God is the one and the woman's womb is his sacred workshop. It is sacred. And the enemy wants that sacred workshop totally destroyed. And if you look at it in, in that light, you can see why it has become so prevalent. And I, I don't know if you remember in that uh, committee with uh, our own Canadian um, Minister of International Development, Katarina Gould, just very proud of the number of the amount of money that goes from our tax dollars to make sure that every woman has access. So Denise, you have brought so much light to the, to the truth of abortion because of your own personal story. I thank you so much for being willing to lay your story bare, to just humble yourself. The shame and the guilt that could have bound you forever now has become your platform to make the name of God great. And I love the title of your story in our book, Unborn Untold, From a Mess to a Message. You can read about it. You can get the book on Amazon or any place the, uh, that online books are sold. 
or on our website, wordstoinspire.ca. And please pray for Denise. Denise, before we close today, what scripture verse has been important to you? God's word has sustained you. I know that because I see the joy of the Lord in your face. And so share with the the listeners today, how God's word and what scripture has really impacted your life? Well, I think the the most important scripture that we all have, and for me personally, is from the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11. And there it says that we defeat Satan by the blood of the lamb Mm -hmm. and the word of our testimony and did not love our lives even unto death. And so that's what we, you know, it's the word of our testimony and, and not to be afraid to share your story because the more of us that share the truth of abortion, how it hurt us, killed our children is going to make an impact in the hearts of other people. Cause once one person opens up, it's easier for other people to open up. And so that's what I'm standing on. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. And I've made some new friends from this virtual virtual conference this year who are already sharing their story on our Facebook pages and on some of our Facebook live events. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for sharing your testimony. And what a beautiful way to close off our time together today, the power of testimony. And Denise, we saw how much they did not want your testimony because how can you argue with your testimony? But they did. They argued with your testimony, which revealed just how satanic it is because your story is your story. And they don't have to believe it, but how can they deny it? And so thank you for what you're doing in Together for Life. Thank you for what you're doing at the UN. We pray for you and we know that God has more for you yet. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. And we want all of you to just know the wonderful, redemptive, restorative love and grace of our God is way bigger and covers every sin. Come to him today if you don't know him and you're burdened with the load that you're carrying. He doesn't want you to walk in that darkness anymore. Denise is a pure example, a wonderful model of what God can do to a broken woman, taking all those pieces and weaving them into this beautiful, beautiful character and witness for his grace and mercy. Thank you all for listening today. Please join us again and visit our website, wordstoinspire.ca. And until next time, remember the words that Jesus speaks. They are spirit and they are life. Bye for now. Thank you. God bless. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. Time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.